The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. take any opportunity I can get, I'm going to capitalize on Alexander Hernandez, ladies and gentlemen. Bryce Mitchell! Unbelievable! Steve! Sean Chappie, get your checkbook out right now, baby. I think you're writing $50,000 for Bryce Mitchell. There he is, your winner! Dog Nasty, Bryce Mitchell! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. <laughs> it's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Well, well, well. Hello, Matt, and hello, you out there listening to UFC Unfiltered. Jimmy, Jimmy, that was uh, you, you, you're you reaching out to the unfiltered army, and you yeah, just saying good morning, good afternoon. We have Matt. A lot of times we promote guests and they yes. don't show up, so we seem like what's the word assholes. However, <laughs> but today we have uh, coming on in just a couple of minutes. We have uh, Alexander Hernandez, who is already on board in the waiting room. So we know Alexander's coming on, and we have Bryce Mitchell, who we love, uh, coming oh. on. After that, yeah, Bryce is is, is great fighting. Uh, Jimmy Andre Feely, yes. Did you know that that Kevin Holland's fighting again? Yes, he is. I, it's, he was for last fight was what September first. He's fighting. Um, yeah, it's it's literally less than two months later. Trailblazer is 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 uh, staying busy. Yeah. Oh yeah, he really is fighting. Uh, um, what is that? Mockmund? Mockmud? 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 Let me get the entire uh, car in front oh, of me. Listen, we can go over that afterwards. I just, oh, and Greg Hardy's fighting again. Yes, he is. This is really wild. He is fighting. At, why what do I have mean? nothing in front Jimmy, of me? Jimmy, this is great. I think because I was, we were so caught up, of course, with the, with the great... Um, Uriah Hall. Of course, Uriah Hall uh, versus, versus uh, Anderson Silva, the legend. But it was... No, I'm, I'm saying because of the fights that just passed with, with Habib versus Gaethje... And, yeah. And it was so like exciting that I, I did not realize that there was such a great card this week, next week, or this week. An amazing card. Mahmoud Muradov is fighting Kevin Holland. His last fight was on, uh, oh, uh, sorry, September. My eyes are getting really bad, Matt. Let me see. Wow, September 19th. I thought it was earlier in the month. Let's get to Alexander Hernandez. Yes, let's just um, keep him waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Bryce Mitchell. And, and uh, Alexander is fighting on the main event of the prelims against uh, Chris Grutzbacher. Uh, uh, who has not fought in a couple of years. 
Okay, what's going on, boys? Hi, Alex. How are you? We haven't your talked to you in a bit. Got, your coffee's probably got a little bit more merit than mine. I'm just sipping on some holiday and brown water right now. It's not much. That's right. Uh, yeah, um, that's the one. Content, not much content to it. Yeah, no, those things. Those things are. Um, they don't. They don't do justice for the coffee. Nah, nah, no, the hotel coffees. No, they freak me out. Um, the only thing I like about the hotels, like Holiday Inns, is they usually have that buffet, that continental buffet you can go and get, which I shove it in my fat face, but you can't even do that now probably because of COVID, right? There's no more buffet. It's good hangover food. It's good hangover food for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in the hotel now. Are you in um, isolation? Are you in quarantine at all? Uh, yeah, we should be getting out pretty soon. We're waiting for the call. It's supposed to come at nine, uh, but every, they're just behind. So everybody's waiting. So hopefully by the end of this, we'll be, we'll be set free. Okay. Uh, Alexander, you, you recently moved camps, correct? To Colorado? Where were you before Colorado? Just to refresh. I was at, I was at Ohana Academy in San Antonio. And I'm still, I'm still with those guys. Like I've got my old head coach out here with me also, but I moved to uh, Colorado. I went on a little, um, uh, journey after that last fight to kind of figure out um, who I need to align with, where I need to be to kind of be at that next level. Because I felt like um, a lot of what I was doing was not on my own, but under my own command. And so uh, I never, I was kind of missing that, that mastermind. We had some great specialists back home in San Antonio. My jiu-jitsu coach is phenomenal. I had a great boxing coach, had some good wrestling coaches, but I never had that MMA mastermind to put everything together. And I found myself always fighting in like a, like a fight or flight kind of stance. I didn't have any efficiency about me. And when I met Mark Montoya in Colorado, uh, we hit it off. I, I mean, I stayed with him for seven days and never saw a blemish on him. And, uh, and the biggest thing he taught me was definitely efficiency. How'd you get hooked up with Mark? We love Mark. He's a great, great Yeah, guy. yeah. Uh, my manager, Jason House. Oh. You said you went away for a little while. Now, you, you, did, you, did you go, uh, did you drive? What did you do? Because some guys just will, will take a trip and clear their heads. Yeah, no, I mean, I've definitely gone a few mushroom journeys in my day, but that's what, that, that, that was not what this was about. Yeah, I, uh, I, got, I got right to work. Um, the week after the fight, um, start talking to my coaches, start talking to my manager got on the phone with a number of different coaches around the country and uh, just started hitting gyms. And that's just what I did. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when I, when I meant trip, I meant like actually physically getting into a car and going somewhere. Like a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah, actually- yeah. No, 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 no. I, I was just going straight to the gyms. I didn't really, I kind of, I got that, that week. Um, I sold less than I had in the past because I felt like, um, you know, I wasn't, I felt like I really wasn't in attendance that fight and I, and I didn't really, uh, I just didn't have any care to be there. And that was the first time I've ever felt really anything like that. Interesting. And, um, and just that lack of purpose and that lack of focus in the moment. Just, I, I mean, I definitely had to do some, some reflection, but we started looking, we look, we looked just in the, uh, the networks of, of our team and our camp and where we were missing and, uh, where we we're inexperienced. That, that's what it is, man. I mean, we, we work our asses off and, and, uh, I'm willing to do anything. And my team's always sacrificed a lot for me, but we just didn't have that experience. We just didn't have that expertise. So that's what I needed to go find. And that, I just went straight to work on that, just started traveling around the country, um, working with people. Ross, do you felt that way in the cage? You, you felt like that weird not wanting to be there in the cage? Yeah, like um, on the walkout, I didn't feel – I'll tell you what, dude, that was the first time I was, I was nervous the day of the fight. Normally I'm not, I'm not nervous. You know, um, I'm, uh, I'm focused, I'm hyper-focused, um, alert and willing, but I'm not, I'm not really, you know, you get, you get some sure. nerves that kind of fade in out, but I was kind of anxious the whole day, which was different. And then, uh, I got there and, uh, and I just wasn't really excited to be there. I wasn't really excited to like, 
walk out. I wasn't, and then, and then when I remember, and I've said this a few times, but when I was in the cage, I was just kind of, just kind of going. There wasn't really like a base for me to build on. I was just kind of going out there and going. And, and that's the way it was because back home, it was always discipline practice. So, I, and I would coordinate, especially with the COVID, I was coordinating all my own practices, uh, my strength and conditioning, my nutrition, everything. And so maybe I went in there a little burdened and like bogged down. Um, but yeah, I, I went in there maybe just not as confident in the, in the camp as usual. And, um, uh, I remember looking at Dober and that, that, that son of a bitch had so much purpose in his eyes and his delivery and what he was doing. And he looked night and day different than what he looked at any of his previous fights that, that Gaethje work definitely, um, paid off. He emulated him really well. And, um, and I felt like I was just kind of going through the motions and even winning and, you know, until I just wasn't. And, and the whole time I'm just in there just drowning myself in a shallow fucking pond, <laughs> you know, mentally. And so, uh, and that's, I mean, that, that's the way I've, that's what I felt on any of my losses, you know, the Cerrone one or, or a stupid split decision I had early on in my career. Um, it was just that same kind of feeling. So I wanted to get that organized, get that straightened out and, and really do a lot of reflection on how to correct that. You showed that you could bounce back from a loss. I mean, you had that hard time with Cerrone. It didn't go your way. And then you fought a very tough Francisco uh, Trinaldo. And that guy, I don't know what's in his Wheaties. I don't know. That guy's Moran almost. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's got a dude. Yeah, he's dangerous as hell, and he's got some good Brazilian meat back home. And he's, I mean, that, that dude's, uh, he is, he's a specimen for sure. That guy, that guy was probably the most uh, father-son feeling relationship I ever had walking in the cage. I got in that cage, and I was like, holy shit, dude, you are fucking huge. I feel like, I feel like your stepson right now. It was crazy. I was looking at myself like, dude, you didn't put on very much weight very well this time. And I was looking at him like, that's a, that's a, different, that's a different man right there. How did you feel with that fight? That was a great fight with Francisco. And again, he's tough as they come. But you did. You you. How was your mind for that one? I kind of I kind of one eighty from the from the Cerrone and the prior performances of just go right, and that that was kind of the problem that we were having back home was like when it came time to go, everyone looked at me like, well, you know how to do it better than any of us, so you just go do it, you know. And that that, that was a lot of the problem. And so I was figuring out, I was figuring out so much on my own. And and that that's when all the fight was an experiment in that, you know. Like uh, I was like, okay, well, let's try tapering it back being a bit more composed. I did feel really mentally composed in that fight. I just couldn't figure out a way to, uh, he, he was being so defensive. He didn't throw, he didn't throw anything. He, I had to press everything, all the engagements. And so as defensive as he was being, I was trying to figure out a way to bait him out. And I hadn't, I hadn't gotten that level of game yet. I think that, that now I feel like I have, but uh, that was just like a chess match fight of trying to get him to, draw out his big two and his big head kick and him just kind of waiting for me to blitz. And so that was, we were just kind of both playing each almost like a Darren Till fight or something, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm super happy with that, that window. That was a big name. You're working with uh, Mark now. Is it, is it more strategic now? Is he watching tape yeah. and saying, let's play to our strengths this way, that way? Is it more of a direction he's giving you than, a, than just going in there and, I don't want to say winging it, but compared to right. the fighting player. Right. No, no, a thousand percent. That was one of the things that drew me to him the most was uh, how systematic he is and everything. You know, every day is MMA with a focus, you know, and, and, and it's always uh, cohesive across all the coaches and, and in like a curriculum that we're constantly running. There's just cohesion. And so uh, that was a big deal. And then to what you're saying also, like being efficient. So like before I felt like I would go out there and I would just be kind of like, all right, I'm going to go fucking fight and it's probably going to work out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and now, 
now I feel like I have a, a platform. Like almost like make this analogy of like riding a bicycle. And I know like once I get pedaling on that bike and I start moving, uh, the rest is going to unravel itself. And from there, you know, I can do my, I can, I can spring from that platform. Like, you know, I can do trick flips. I can throw a bitch on the pegs and stunt. I can do whatever I want to, or I can just mosey and pedal whatever I want to do. But, but from that platform, we can recover, we can maintain, and I can explode from. And, and I have kind of a starting point of alignment, posture myself, and then also just kind of, again, I mean, you'll see when I start moving, it's almost like being on a bike. And have, having that platform, I can breathe through that, you know, and, and, I, and I, can, I can operate from that for three rounds, four rounds, five rounds. And that was something I never felt before. I would look at these five-round fights and think, how the fuck can you maintain that, man? Because the rate I'm going – like I'm done. I'm done in that third round, you know. And uh, if if I get that far, depending on how I'm feeling mentally, and um, and now now finally I, I feel like I kind of bridged that gap. So and just training in Colorado alone with that altitude's got to help that anyway for that whole fight. yeah. Fuck it, dude. I got the shit kicked out of me for like you know, the first. I mean, the first six weeks, dude. I'd wake up nervous to go to practice, where I'm just like okay motherfucker let's go you know like, i'm just i'm like getting hyped up just to go there because the altitude's beating your ass uh being um you know what was a rank 55 you know having kind of a target on your back not animosity target on your back but just people trying to test you yeah. every day you know and i was i went to war with with everyone every fucking day i was going to war like i was battered up every day and um and it was perfect like i i've always talked about being in those deep waters and my ability to adapt my ability to enter discomfort and make myself vulnerable to that. And, and that's what I had to do. And, and man, I came out that fire fucking Phoenix. I, I feel, I feel awesome right now. Uh, just where I'm at mentally, physically, the alignment's a cool place to be. When, when you feel, cause it's interesting. You were saying that you, 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 on the walkout, you didn't feel right. When you have moments like where you're not feeling like, fuck, I, I don't, I, I don't feel like I have it right now or, or whatever that feeling is for you. What would you normally do to get yourself focused that you were not able to do last time? What would be something that you could normally go to kind of put you back where you needed to be? Um, you know, I don't know if I had, like, uh, people would talk about, uh, like, this idea of a reset. And I said, like, I had it in theory, but I don't think I ever did. Like, I don't think I ever really had. That's what Mark was saying whenever he was watching me go to and in my stance. Because the second I saw him, we already started breaking down film and these details that like I would have, we would have never thought to look at back home. And, um, and he was like, you're constantly in this fight or flight state. You're never in this state of like flow or like, um, explosive passivity. And so like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I really had, I, I could hide myself up and give myself a smack in the face. And more than anything, it was just like, just do it. Like I, I just knew like Nike branding in the 60s. Like I, I just had to go do it, you know? And, and that was, and that was it. And there really wasn't anything else to it. Now I feel like I kind of have, for one, I, I trust in the process. I trust in the system. I'm not burning it all myself and being, being like my own, not that, oh, to a degree, my own head coach, because um, I was the first line, kind of first generation of guys doing it back home. And so uh, having something bigger to believe in, having something bigger to trust in, and then seeing the evolutions translate in myself, you know, when we're sparring or doing whatever else. Uh, that kind of brings a peace of mind and like a, uh, a security that I didn't have before. I just didn't have the security before a lot of times, you know, it was all kind of on how I was feeling in the moment. Explosive passivity. What an interesting term. When you said that the first person I thought of was Yoel Romero. Is that, is that kind of the type of a, yeah, yeah. I'd like to be a little bit more mobile and active than that, but that that's definitely a good example of 
that term for sure, I'd say. <laughs> he can go to zero to 100 real quick. It's crazy. Yeah, it's real, real quick. Real, real quick. That's people know what he's doing and he still lulls them. It's crazy. Like they know he's doing that and he still lulls yeah. them into a sense of being yeah, comfortable. His fast twitch fibers are just so unreal. You know, I mean, that, that's, what it, that's what it is. You know, it's just his twitch fibers are so crazy. So for the people that don't know, you had a, uh, you left a career in mortgage finance to become a full-time fighter. Is that that's correct? Yeah, yeah. And I, I was, uh, so I grew, I, I started wrestling in high school. I tried it in eighth grade and got first case of nasty staff and was like, damn, okay, maybe I need to, I need to learn how to like screw. I mean, well, that, that's, that's, um, <laughs> that's that, those, those are club team elementary mats, right? Like those are the nastiest mats in the country. Yes. You know, those club team mats as a kid when you're growing up. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I saved it for high school. I started, I started wrestling in high school, got, um, ended up choking up, not going where I wanted to go. And, uh, so I got into finance in college and then, um, picked up mixed martial arts because my uncle blew out his knee and he's like, Hey dude, uh, you want this membership? And I was like, yeah, I kind of missed that. You know, I kind of missed that urge and, and I, I miss, I miss rolling around with sweaty dudes. So I was like, let's, let's get to it. And so I got, I got back on the grind and, uh, I started just missing classes and doing that more than anything. And I planned on just fighting. Um, but because of injuries, I decided to get a real job after college, ended up climbing up the ladder from like a front desk receptionist lady to, uh, an LO. And, um, and then I started doing really well. Like I made some company shifts and, and some big moves and, filled in some like shoes I probably wasn't prepared to fill in because like I look maybe younger now I look like I was like 14 at the yeah. time um and I'm I'm over here like giving speeches and seminars in front of you know my parents age and older and uh, I started doing really well and uh, there's a time period where I was like you know what I don't even want to fight anymore because this shit drives me crazy I get way too nervous way too anxious and it's just stressful as fuck but I never want to stop training and then um uh, one of my my coaches uh Johnny O Call him hand job because uh, he wraps the hands and holds the mitts. And wait, hold on, hold on. The, you, what's his nickname? Hand job. It's a great. Everybody nickname. knows him as hand job. He, That's he what I call Jimmy. To, yeah, for other reasons. He comes in to get his gear. All the PI guys and the and the gear people. Hand job. Everybody freaks out. They clap for him. Yeah. No, he's a legend over here, man. You yeah. should know him by now, dude. He is. If I heard yeah, that I'd pull money the, out of my pocket. Yeah. Ask the team about hand job. <laughs> Um, well, I'll be, I'll, when, I, when I do that, I'll do that very gingerly. I'm not going to go up yeah, to the game yeah, and go, yeah. hey, anybody, who wants, anybody know hand job? Hand job? That I'm might be weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I, he, he, he encouraged me, though, to take this LFA fight. And so I took it and then just said, you know, kind of popped off after that. Hey, man, speaking of injuries, thank God for your uncle's bum knee. Yeah. If it no wasn't your uncle giving you that membership, you might not have joined that, right? No, I mean, certainly not as soon. I don't know when I would have, honestly. Yeah, I mean, really, if it wasn't for him, kind of got – he really was sort of the catalyst of that. And, uh, and yeah, that was huge. You know, I started doing jiu-jitsu and, and Muay Thai. And I'm so grateful for that because, like, a lot of guys get so sucked into wrestling for so long that they become, you know, uh, a little too singular in their approach. Having having the different arts at, a, at an early age was pretty fucking cool. So I started I started doing that at seventeen years old, and that was that was good. And mortgage yeah. finance is something you can go back into. Like that's something like yeah. You know, th there's something that that will always be there. Like you're a guy that could watch The Big Short and understand what it means. Uh, did you yeah. did you see that that movie about the crash yeah, of the way? That was a cool movie. Yeah, Dude, and that I was knew a crazy nothing. Time too. Yeah. Were you around then? No, I wasn't. But like hearing the stories, because the average LO is like fifty two fucking years old or something like that. And so, like, 
I would try to go to like economic meetings and people would ask me if I was old enough. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? We're at like a fucking theater, right? Like a conference, dude. And, um, and they would always tell me about how the shit that you could get away with and finagle back then that like when I came in, it was super strict. Everyone fucking hated me because it was like, like if you were trying to buy a house, it's so complicated. You know, like the amount of interrogation we do is like shy of like, you know, getting your firstborn's blood sample or some shit, you know, we're practically asking for like, yeah, you know, DNA and shit. So, um, nowadays it's really tricky, but the shit that they used to get away with around that big short time was just like insane. It was insane. So, yeah, I watched it I, and I, I know nothing about finance and nothing, but watching it, that guy did such a good job of, of explaining it for dopes like me who knew nothing about it. Like I understood it watching it and it was just a brilliant job by him to make such a hard subject uh, enjoyable. Chael Sonnen uh, was involved with, I think, what you were talking about, too. Chael explained some of it oh, to really? Yeah. So at least you have a career if you want to long after fighting, you know what you can go back to. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, I don't think I'll ever go back to that shit because I plan on doing enough over here. But uh, yeah, it was cool, man. It was lucrative, too. Definitely it is, right? Out. Yeah. Made, made, made a lot of good money. So that was cool. I'll tell you, man. I, I, speaking of watching things, I don't think I would have watched that documentary. It's not my cup of tea. But I will watch. I did watch. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to make, I'll be calling Alexander saying, explain the shit to me. No but, matter. It's a movie. It's not a documentary. Oh, it's a, it's a movie. movie with Christian oh. Bale. Oh, and that, well, Christian Bale's great. Christian he's Christ my favorite is. Batman. Yeah. Dude, he's the, he's the best Batman ever. Yeah. Now yeah. You, yes. Now you're speaking my language. He's Batman yeah. as a mortgage banker. It was really, it was bizarre to see a mortgage banker in that outfit, but it worked. Yeah. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy didn't like um, Christian Bale's voice in Batman. No, I didn't. I it, did, it, it took some getting used to, right? Like right. Uh, it, made, it made you uncomfortable every time you sat down, you heard the first, like the first exchange of words. How does then that, about sound 20 minutes that. in. Hey. Like, a, like a kid hey. doing an adult voice. Batman. Yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah, it makes you uncomfortable for sure. Makes your butthole, makes your butthole pucker. You're like, like oh. Yeah. Uh. I'm Batman. Yeah. All right, listen. Gets, yeah, yeah, enough of that. I'm getting uncomfortable. But, the other but it's Christian Bale, <laughs> so nobody on the set. Dude, you can't walk up to Christian Bale on the set and go, what the fuck are you doing? You, you, it's Christian Bale, so whatever he decides yeah, has got to go. And I, I hear he's a psycho on the set, too, which is fucking awesome. That's why I love him so much, too. That guy's an amazing actor, though. He's, he's like, amazing. He's amazing, yeah. Did you hear that footage of him screaming at the light guy? There's that footage yeah. of him, you fucking amateur. Yeah. Like, there was a, a, a guy in the background moved, like, while he was doing a scene with Bryce, uh, yeah. Bryce Howard. Um yeah. And uh, I guess it caught Christian's eye and he freaked out. He was really pissed off. Yeah, well, he's that in the moment. Gets locked in. Yeah, he gets locked in. Hey, I, I don't blame that guy. I, when I heard that, I didn't say that guy's a jerk. No. I said oh, that guy who's the lighting guy is probably a numbnuts. Yeah, I got mad respect for that. If anything, <laughs> yeah, he, just, he just took him out of his reality. You know, like imagine, imagine the walls around your, uh, around your studio right now just falling off. Like, whoa, what the hell happened? I'm so locked in right now. With my ADD, it'd be a fucking disaster. <laughs> Did you watch Habib vs. Gaethje, buddy? Of course. Of course, course you did. Yeah. That's the stupidest question I did. all day. Yeah, of course How, I did. Listen, uh, what's your take on it? Uh, man, I've gone through so I've gone through a roller coaster of emotions on that fight, and you have to watch. You have to watch these fights a couple times because the first time you're just so enamored by it, you can't really get like a really objective opinion, and you have to watch it maybe two or three more times to get like true objection and not not criticism in a bad way, just just to be able to critique it, you know, professionally. And uh, and I thought, you know, there, there's something, there's some kind of aura or something that goes in the prep against Habib because guys completely forget to fight their fight. You know, it seems, it seems like in every single camp. So aside from like the tremendous performance Habib had and, and going down the way he did fucking awesome. I'm sure he'll be back. Uh, but if he does it awesome, you know, the best, uh, but 
it's like when guys prepare against Habib, um, Habib does just what Habib does. Like, he just gets ready for his fight. They, they uh, fine-tune a few things. Okay, really brilliant plan to, against Gaethje, but let's not waste energy ground-and-pounding this, this hard-headed guy. Let's just go straight for the submission. Great plan. But it's like everybody else just says, I'm going to wrestle for five months and prepare for Habib and just completely throw out my identity along the way. And then when we go fight, I'm not going to be any form of myself. I'm just going to be this defensive guy who's kind of cowering to whatever he does and, and waiting, just reacting as opposed to inacting. And, uh, and that's what Gaethje, Gaethje's stance was completely different. He couldn't settle his feet probably because he was scared of the takedown. But in my mind, it was like, dude, why would you not bomb on him in the center of the octagon where like, so what if he takes a shot on you scramble? That was your whole line of defense. Anyways, scramble in the open. Let's not scramble against the cage. If we're constantly moving, you're going to get backed against the cage, meet him in the middle, try to fuck him up in the center, defend wrestling when it comes time to defend wrestling and get back to your game. But if you're just going to act in, in accordance to whatever B wants to do, well then yeah, of course he's going to take, take the reins. And I mean, I was, I was dumbfounded by like, I don't know if Gaethje wasn't really feeling great. I, I don't know, but I, I was dumbfounded by how the ground exchanges went. Like he, he got, he got in so slick on the doubles. I'm sure when he grabs you, it's tight. There was no counter response. Uh, the way he got the arm bar. Did you watch this? Did you watch the, yeah, yes. the arm bar? Have you watched? No, you tell me this. He's holding the arm bar with one arm, holding the leg with one arm. Gaethje's defending the arm bar with one arm. Yeah. One arm. And you're telling me you could just pull that arm right now? And I'm kind of sitting there looking like, like what, what is going on here? How is Gagey's hips are non-existent. Um, he's, not, he's not even bridging like a wrestler. He's not really doing anything in any of these like passing exchanges. And then at the end of that first round, he's defending an arm bar with one fucking arm behind the leg. And I'm like, how is this not – what are we even doing right here? That arm bar should be done twice. Yeah. It and looked then, to me that he didn't think that he'd be mounted. And there was no intelligent – uh, attempt at an escape out of that out of these bad positions. Maybe shock, kind of a shock I mean, factor. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's mounted. He gives the back up, and which, which is a real no no. I mean, and I, I don't know. And then even with the triangle, there was no intelligent. He went to power bomb him, and a big right. jiu jitsu one on one. He held the leg, so he gets like a foot off the floor. So that's not going to perfect work. job. Yeah, so, perfect job. You know, as he's a savage, Justin. I just think that he. I mean, you look at his fight with Tony Ferguson. That was. That's his perfect type of dance partner. Perfect, he just yeah. loves to sit and his stand up, but this is a this different animal. And uh, everybody was thinking the wrestling could just could hold, you know, could Habib hold him down? And we we find we found the answer to that quick. <laughs> I'd like. I think a problem with Habib too is everybody like if you fight, no matter who you fight, you say, "All right, I'm going to out punch Gaethje. I'm going to out kick Gaethje. I'm going to out punch Connor." But when you're fighting Habib, no one says. I'm going to out-wrestle Habib. It all becomes like a survival, avoid it, and how to completely survive it. Nobody looks at, I'm going to out-wrestle him. Everyone is just, I want to get through this experience without being strangled and then get back to my feet. Yeah, there's, that's what I'm saying. There's something different about the preparation for him and the mindset that people fall into. And like, because Gaethje didn't do anything Gaethje that fight. You know, he didn't do any of the things that got him into that fight. He, it looked like everything he did was in response to <clears throat> a dangerous Habib. And so I, I, I think that cost him. If he did expose the lack of jiu-jitsu he's got, um, which is great to see for guys like me who really love jiu-jitsu. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that 
I think that you can't lose your identity on the way to fighting, you know, these really big names, especially someone like Habib. You, you can't expect to like just spend your entire camp defensively preparing on the cage. I think that you have to continue being yourself and then trust in all the abilities you got in that way. And then just add in a few little tweaks in the camp. Like Khabib obviously has done against each of his opponents. And then, and then you present something that, you know, that's, that's at least a fight, you know, and, uh, that, 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 that was just a crazy lopsided exchange. I, I didn't see that coming at all. It makes, it makes Ally Aquinta that much more impressive on a day's notice. I mean, it, it's insane. Five rounds. I mean, really was in that fight until the very end. And, and you look at like what he did to Poirier. You look at what he did to, uh, Connor took four rounds, but then you look at the second round against Gaethje and then, uh, and what Ally Aquinta did with zero prep for him is, is incredible. That goes exactly what I'm saying though. What did Al do? Al just showed up last minute and said, like, I'm just going to fucking fight this guy. And he just fought him Al style, not defensively Habib style. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, I, I think, man, I think that's all the difference right there. I mean, he just went in there and fought his fight and he didn't over respect him. He just dealt with it as a king. And that that's, I mean, I think that's what you have to do, but the fuck do I know? I'll figure it out as I go to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, mentally, you seem right there, dude. Yeah. You seem channeled in, which it makes it all more exciting for this weekend. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I, I, I feel really good. Uh, I was saying, you know, in the past I had, I've always had this heavy hubris, right? Like a ton of confidence, but it was uh, like a blissful ignorance, you know, coming up. And now I feel like for the first time, I mean, hell, since like the Cerrone fight, I've got this like, um, like uh, cultivated certainty in myself, you know, that I hadn't really had before. And so. Uh, I'm in a good spot, man. Uh, you, just to finish up on Habib, too, you know, Cormier shared that uh, he didn't want to hurt Gaethje in front of his parents. Uh, like, I guess he respected him, and, and during his arm, he didn't want to break his arm because I think he figured Justin wouldn't tap, um, right. and he didn't want to break his arm. And any other fighter, I don't know if I'd believe that, but from him, for some reason, I believe that he probably did think of that uh, in that moment that he probably did think of not hurting him. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's lying about that. You know, I don't, I don't know. Probably. He probably did think about it. You're right. Like, like him more than others saying that he makes you kind of believe a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's not afraid to, he won't fight during Ramadan. Like he's a very, he seemed like a very principled person and like, it is what it Mindful. is. And, yeah, man. Yeah. I believe he's done. I believe he's walking away and, and that's great. He made some nice cash. After I know. This. How much money does he yeah. need to, to, to live comfortably yeah. in Dagestan the rest of his life? I'm, I, think I, mean, but, I mean, you want evens or odds, though, because, you know, everybody just wants to see that 30. You know, everybody. If I was saying, like, are you not kind of just itching? You know, if you, if you were him, would you be kind of like, oh, 29 is cool, but wouldn't you want to just round it up? Yeah. You know? Now, granted, the fight he went out on was huge. It was epic. It was against the most uh, dangerous opponent at the time. Yeah. So it really is a good time. I mean, don't you don't don't you want to see three O is just so so nice looking, you know? Eh, Twenty nine doesn't suck though, and with no losses, he, hardly, he might have lost possibly two rounds, and one of those rounds is kind of questionable versus Connor, like in his whole career, like it's fucking crazy. yeah, yeah. I hate that fight so much though, man, because I I really don't think that that was uh, which one the Connor, you know? I I don't think that that was like uh, it certainly wasn't the Connor that fought Alvarez. You know, and it certain it certainly wasn't uh, really. Uh, it seemed like focus, Connor. Yeah, I, I was I was so sour about that fight, like, man. Now, why is did that? Did you want I, more from Connor? I wanted more from Connor. I, I wanted to see the preparation that I knew that he had delivered on his way uh, to becoming what he had become, and uh, and I just felt like um, he he just seemed to, he just seemed off. His his twitches weren't there. 
uh, a little too lackadaisy in some of his approach. I, w- I think his ground was a little better than, than even, I think we talked to uh, Javier Mendez, but I think even uh, was, was a little better than uh, they expected. I, on the ground, he was, I mean, he, at least he survived into the fourth, but he might have had that same thing you're talking about, that when guys are in the cage with Habib, it's just the idea of the takedown fucks them up. Like you look at uh, uh, Usman against Covington, both really solid on the ground, and the whole fight was standing up. Like both guys were so invested in not being out wrestled by the other. So maybe Connor and had that thing with Habib. Like he just didn't. I don't know. I can't speak for him, but he was defending right. He was defending well. Yeah. The takedown yeah. even. And then when he got taken down, he was defending well. And it was just a matter of time. I think Habib is just. And then when he was worried about that takedown, Habib punches him, knocks him down. So I mean. I, the best part of that fight I like is when Habib's on top in like whatever round that was, third or talking. Let's talk now. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's and then Connor's like, it's just business. It's only business, really. Yeah. Yeah. The, the cage is the truth right there. And there's cage no lie in Habib. Habib's like, let's talk now. And then Connor says, you know, it's it's only business. I love that shit. I love yeah. when shit like that gets exposed. You know what I mean? I love that too. I do too. I love that shit. Yeah. Well, Alexander, you're fighting uh, 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 on uh, you're the main event of the prelims this Saturday, Hall against Silva. It will be great to see you fight again. Um, I'm happy you came on. I, think, what, I appreciate five you guys. Months? Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think four, four, five, something like that. Yeah, they do that on purpose, though, Jimmy. They put the exciting fight as the main on the prelims. Like always. We about. That's they always a good fight. To get it. Yeah. So, shit, man. I can't wait, man. Alexander, man, good. Best of luck. Uh, tell Mark we said hello and uh, come back on soon, dude. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys, man. Have okay, a good man. One. Take care, Alexander. You're great. Take care, buddy. Looking for a new home or you want to save on your current mortgage? Visit rate.com and you could get massive savings with Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage partner of the UFC. Rates are at historic lows and you could land that dream home or refinance to potentially cut your current payments in about 15 minutes. Visit rate.com today to get started with Guaranteed Rate. Equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Savings, if any, vary based on a variety of factors. Restrictions apply. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLS Consumer Access. This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by P3, the official protein snack of the UFC. P3 portable protein packs are a savory and crunchy combination of three dynamic sources of protein from meat, cheese, and nuts. Each P3 pack contains up to 13 grams of protein, and they come in great tasting combinations like turkey, almond, and Colby Jack. P3, three dynamic ways to fuel your day with protein-packed meat, cheese, and nuts, because three is better than one. We talked about Greg Hardy. He's fighting Maurice Green, who fought uh, Volante. Uh, very tough. Yeah, that was that was a, a really uh, crazy fight. And he's very resilient. What giant men! Uh, six five, two sixty five for Hardy. Eighty point uh, five inch reach, and uh, Green is six seven, two fifty five. I mean, two giant fucking men <laughs> fighting. That's a great fight. That's that's the third fight of the night. Uh, no, second fight. Second fight. I wonder, I, I'm, I wonder if Dean's still with Greg. I believe he is. I'm going to guess so. You know? Yeah, Dean Thomas stays busy. Yes, he does. Um, and, of course, the co-main. We'll be speaking to Bryce shortly against Andre Feely. That's a great uh, fight. That's a great fight. Andre Feely's an underrated guy. Underrated guy, I feel. I think he's always in there. And uh, there's some fights that he lost that, that should have went his way, I feel. And uh, I like that. I like both these guys. 
Andre Feely and Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell, how could you not like? You know, but why do you think he's underrated in the sense? Like, 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 like what Feely? is it about fighters sometimes that people just overlook him? Well, I mean, there's some, there's sometimes where I feel he should have got the nod. And, and then the um, fight, I, I believe one was with um, Michael Johnson, if yeah. I remember correctly. That's decision. Yes. And that fight, I feel, should have went to him because I remember why. I remember just being like, oh, that, that wasn't right. Yeah. But, you know, listen, you know, somebody could look at it differently, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, he's a game guy. And again, is the, I remember more than one fight that I think he should have got the nod. So he might be, if he would have got the nod, he might be in a different place right now. I'm talking about Andre Feely. And yeah. Bryce Mitchell's been doing nothing but just impressing everybody. Unbelievable. Unbelievable how good he's looked. That uh, last fight against Charles uh, Rosa. Rosa, yeah. A, a great, a very, very dominant. And Rosa's came back to win since then. Yes, so it shows you the, the level that Bryce Mitchell's on. And there was a lot of shit talked between those two, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Um, that's always got to be harder if you lose. If, you, if you've been talking and you lose, that's got to suck. That can't, be, that can't be fun, Jimmy. You know? What are you drinking, Jimmy? It's, uh, it's called uh, Hazelino. It's, uh, Matt, I got my new Nespresso machine because my Keurig I hated. I just like watery piss coffee. And this Nespresso is so delightful. And I ran out of cups, all my chip cups. Uh, yes, but oh, 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 I just spilled. How Did happy you are you? Hold Did on. you just spill it? <laughs> In your face, Jimmy. I am so happy right now. I've done that. Dozens of times when we did this, this is the first time I've seen you spill anything, and it's all because I asked what you were drinking. I take credit for this. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, go get some wet naps. Go get some bounty. <laughs> ah, clean that shit up, you little bird. Got a show to do. I'm Jimmy. I never should have asked what you got. You know, Jimmy. You're sticking your belly out a little bit. You got a little. You, I saw you stick your belly out again. Did you? You gain a couple. I'm fat. Are you fat right now? Yeah. You're sticking it out a little bit. Jimmy, listen to me. You better get on the phone with Jimmy Rivera. I know. I know. Don't go back to I that. Put on like 15. Pounds. No, I'm Jimmy not going to go back. I put on like 15 pounds. You don't want that. No, I won't be that fat. But I put on like 15 pounds. You did you put on 15? Maybe not. Maybe not. Because I, mean, I I'm still working out. It's just a little salt around the middle. Yeah. Um, Plus, this shirt is, is form-fitting. <laughs> form-fitting. I, um, I dropped a few. You happy about that? I hadn't noticed. Well, that's not, <laughs> right. that's not nice to say, but I did. I dropped a few. I hadn't noticed. Well, I'm wearing white. That means anything. You um, know, um, yeah, you, you must be very happy. I spilled coffee disgusting chip. I don't blame you. I'd be happy. Thank God it wasn't a full cup. Oof. Oh, Bryce, you aged. Hey. Hey, man, you look a little different. Yeah, What's you look up, better. Man? Who's Bryce Mitchell? I just got sent this random text saying, zoom in on a meeting. I was like, all right, I'll play. <laughs> I think that uh, you're the one. This is, what I, this is what I think. I think that you're figuring out the Zoom for him. That's what I think. <laughs> I will let you have him now. Oh, <laughs> okay. Exactly. Love your haircut. Zoom in on that hair this morning. <laughs> yes. There he is, Bryce. Hey, Bryce. Better, man. What's going on, Bryce? We uh, listen. I was arguing with Jimmy. Jimmy goes, "Oh, he got his camo shorts. Now he's giving us the hi hat." I go, "Jimmy, how dare you? Don't Bryce would never do that to us." Well, I said that. Us. Yeah, Don't listen to Matt's lies. Don't listen to Matt's lies. I said that you probably it was probably a miscommunication between the Booker and whoever was with you. 
Well, I woke up kind of late, and then I was trying to get some oatmeal because they didn't have no oatmeal. And so I was like calling. I was way more concerned about this oatmeal than anything else. I wasn't even texting my old lady. I was just I was calling the UFC people trying to get them to bring me some oatmeal. <laughs> you know what, Bryce? That's why we love you. That is what because there's no bullshit in you. Hey, what happened? Like everyone else would have made an excuse up. Be like, now nah, I wanted some oatmeal. All right, fair enough. I accept that, and I hope you got it. <laughs> Oh, I sure did, man. Yeah, you got but the right thanks idea, for taking man. me late. I apologize, guys. Nah, do not apologize. You're such a good dude. Um, you're big on oatmeal, Bryce? Yeah, you know, this didn't have any of the brown sugar, nothing in it, just straight up oats. You like that? Powers you. Yeah, and I've been drinking it. Well, you know, I'll tell you whenever I see you in person next, because I, I really want to help Aljo train for that next fight. I can't tell you some of the stuff I've been eating, Coach. I can't tell you. What, what do you mean you can't tell? It's like secret that's that good or is it? It's top secret. I don't want, I don't want the enemies knowing about this. You know what I'm saying? I, really? I can't even tell nobody. Now, it's not, it's not nothing too secret. Everybody can research it and do their own, their own research, but I can't just be giving out these secrets. I mean, the, this might fall in the enemy hands. You and know it's what I'm just saying? Proper nutrition? It's like the fuel? Proper nutrition, brother. Proper it's nothing crazy. It's nothing you got to go, you know what I'm saying, go to another country and gather. Nothing like that. You can get all this stuff at Kroger or shit like that. But uh, I just can't be giving away all the secrets. No problem. Hey, man, we're not going to even ask. You got your no, wait, wait, hold on. When, when did this? When did you discover this new regiment? It's goat ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've been just I've, – I've had people recommend it, and I've just – been kind of digging into it and i think my nutrition has gotten better because of it helps with anti-inflammation and stuff like that it's more than just the oatmeal more than just the oatmeal mm, shoot well listen you're doing something right your last fight with charles rosa was just was was amazing because people were going to look at that as a very competitive bout because you because it, you guys and there was nice lead up a little back and forth with you guys i like that and then it was a one-sided affair I mean, hats off to you, Bryce. That was a that was a great fight. Thanks, man. Uh, I think a lot of that was his just his philosophy on fighting uh, versus mine. It manifested itself, and uh, you know he's content with being on his back. And uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to let another man hold me down. Uh, and I don't I don't believe Philly is either. I believe you'll see more of a more uh, a different different style out of Philly. When he goes down to the ground, he's not going to do what Charles Rosa did. He's going to force a fight, and because uh, Philly don't want to be held down. I, I I've watched I've watched his fights. So I tell you, he don't want to be held down. So he's gonna he's gonna force more action than Charles Rosa did. Charles Rosa was content surviving, and uh, and Philly's not going to be like that. He's going to be wanting to get up to to knock me out. And, and Charles Rosa, he was just more than happy just lay on his back and survive the rounds. Were you surprised? Uh, w w did that take you off guard a little bit? Like, uh, w or was it what you expected? Um, I, well, I, did, I expected him to, to work off his back, but I didn't expect him to be so durable and have uh, such good defense, actually. Uh, so all respect to Charles Rosa. He was, uh, his defense was very good. Very good jiu-jitsu guy. And he's got finishes off the back. And sometimes people feel like, hey, man, I finished this guy off the back, that guy off the back. And then they meet a guy that is just, it's just not happening. And you were a step, it was, it was a game of catch up the whole time, him trying to gain some real estate back and then just, and getting out of some six submissions. And again, durable guy, but it was a one-sided affair. When I saw you matched up with Andre Feely, I'm like, 
this is a this is a good fight. This is a great great fight for you guys. But I mean, this is just. I mean, uh, hats off to the matchmakers. Yeah, Andre Feely. I'll tell you right now, his record's a little. It could be a little deceiving because a couple of those absolutely. Fights, you, I'm sure you've been studying tape or your guys. A couple of those fights could have went the other way. Yeah, his record's very deceiving. I mean. Uh, because all of his losses are to top guys, and he ain't never been dominated. There's nobody that's ever dominated him and uh, just made it look like he had no chance at all in, in winning the fight. In fact, he beat Max Holloway in round one. Go go watch him fight Max Holloway, one of the greatest 45ers of all time. He beats him in round one. Go watch that round one. He beats him. Uh, you know, Yer, Yer Rodriguez knocked him the fuck out, but – he was doing good before that. You know, I, I, I really think Yair just got him with that one fancy, great setup, great timed kick. And uh, you take that one kick away, I think Philly hangs in there with him and uh, and and has a chance of beating him. You know, he, he's re- his, like you said, his record is deceiving. Um, but because he always does good. He never goes into a fight and has looked bad like he has not presented some type of threat to the opponent. Let me ask you too. An off uh, your car commercial. I want to ask you. Can, can you what what was that for, and how did you that come about? Uh, it's just a local local uh, car business in town hit me up, wanted to do a commercial, and I you know everybody just thought it would be a good idea to throw some humor in there, whether than you know rather than just serious, being yeah. serious and because because think about it. Even if you don't want a car, if you you could care less. Say you have two cars, they both work perfect, you don't need no more cars. If you see some funny shit, what are you going to do? You're going to tell your buddy. Your buddy might want a car, you know what I'm saying? Or your buddy might like it, and your buddy shows his buddy or his uncle or his cousin, and then they want a car. And so uh, I was just trying to attract people to watching the video because of the humor, and then hopefully out of all the people watching it, because it's funny, one of them might want a car. (laughs) Now, was that ever – was it your first time ever pitching something or acting? Uh, have you ever done that before? I think I've done little little uh, promo videos. Did you like the experience of it? Some guys love it. Some guys don't like it. Did you enjoy be- looking into camera and doing this? I liked, I liked it. It, it, was, it was fun. Um, you know, and it was, it was work, though. It took, like, probably six hours, and then I, we did a follow-up thing. But, I mean, it was legitimate work, you know, like – took up my whole day and uh but I was more than glad to do that that's what I was I was there to do that was my job that day so uh it's work it's not just show up and bullshit and it was a lot of a lot of work yeah it is crazy right how much goes into like a a minute or two minute product you know the hours of it and retakes and oh god the lighting's fucked up you know all these weird things happen yeah yeah that's exactly what it was Man, you never know where that could lead to also. Yeah. But you know what I like, Jimmy, about Bryce is I never see this guy going going Hollywood. He so loves where he's from. It's Tennessee, correct? Uh, Arkansas. Oh, well, fuck. What's the matter oh, with Oh, Matt. That's like when people tell me, ah, I love you. You're from Jersey. I go, ah, well, it's New York. The fuck? <laughs> anyway, everybody's like, ah, same shit. But no, no, Arkansas. I know how much you love it there. So I feel that it keeps you, even though, listen, 26 years old, undefeated in the UFC, every performance is looking better than the next, yet you seem the same as when I, I seen you visiting me, uh, us, our crew over here in Long Island ages ago. You're just a nice guy. I think it, it keeps you grounded. You're very grounded. Is that What keeps you so grounded and so level-headed and don't let things get to your head? I mean, what is it? Is it just from Arkansas, the people there? What is it? 
Well, um, probably my upbringing and, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know why I don't see any need to change or act different or anything. I, I mean, ev- everything that I do or st- when I talk to people, I'm not talking to them, uh, to, you know, I just like talking to people. I like being right. nice. I, I want to be a likable person. And at the same time, you know, I don't give two shits if people don't like me. And that's, right. you know, and that's, I don't, I don't change. I don't, I don't change to make people like me, but I really do hope that people like me because I, you know what I'm saying? I want to be a likable guy, but I'm not going to act like something that I ain't just to make people happy. And, and, uh, but I do want to be a likable guy. Like if I had to pick, would you rather be likable or not likable? I'll pick likable all day, but sure. I will not comp- compromise what I, I consider my integrity, my morals, my values to to make myself appear likable to other people. That I don't give a shit about that. You know, I, I've just been how I wanted to be my whole career. You had Bryce all the time and you, you accept somebody's decision. If they like you, great. If they don't like you, great. Whatever it is, it is. Right. And I hope that they do, but if they don't, I'm sure. going to bend over backwards to yeah. kiss nobody's ass, you know? Yeah. If they don't, that's their problem. Cause you're a likable dude, Bryce Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, I think so, man. The only time <laughs> you're not nice is when you're in that cage. Cause you're yeah. like mad dog. I love it. That fight. I mean, uh, when was your first time you practiced? Uh, what, I mean, we for the people listening for the first time and hearing this to get to know you, uh, your first time doing martial arts, you were very young, you said? Well, I started legitimately training when I was 16, and then I started learning techniques. But uh, before I was 16, I would train in the backyard. Like, like I, when I was like 10 years old, I remember having cauliflower ear, and I didn't know what it was. Because, like, I just remember me and my buddies was wrestling one day, all day. We was wrestling on the trampoline, and my ears started hurting. It started, it started like, you know, kind of getting puffy and swollen. And I was thinking that my ear got sunburned because I was a kid. I'd never heard of cauliflower ear. I didn't know what collegiate wrestling was. I didn't know what jujitsu was. I didn't know who, what a hoist Gracie was. I didn't know nothing. You guys just horsing around? I was just horsing around, and my ears started hurting for, like, a week. And I was like, man, my ears sunburned. You know what I'm saying? But I was grappling. I was grappling enough before I even – because I just love roughhousing like that. Yeah. But the only move that I knew before I was 16 was a guillotine and a rear naked choke. And that's pretty obvious why I knew that submission because everybody knows if you grab the shit out of somebody's throat and just squeeze it, they can't breathe, you know. And so that's the, that's the only move we would know. We would We would pick each other up. We would slam each other. And then – I would totally give up position to go for a guillotine. And I don't do that anymore. Yeah. But when I was a kid, that's all that I knew. So I'd pick somebody up and slam them and then just let them on top of me going for a guillotine. And uh, I don't do that no more. You're so talented, especially in jiu-jitsu. When did you start taking your – when did you take your first jiu-jitsu class? I was 16 years old when I when I first started training and, and learned techniques and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't even know that there were legit techniques. I didn't know you could – break somebody's leg or break somebody's foot or i mean i had no clue yeah and you took to it like a fish to water or what because you seem very- I, took, I, I took a liking to it i wasn't very good at first but uh i took a liking to it and uh actually i would say i became obsessed with it the striking or the grappling which came easier um well i was always getting more reps with the with the grappling i would have to say it came quicker to me the grappling did but um 
I was always worried about because my neighbor knocked me out in the front yard when I was a kid. And so I knew like angrily or playing around. No, we was playing. We was sparring. He was like oh. six foot something. I was like five foot something. And uh, he, he was a big, big son of a bitch. And we were just sparring and he hit me with a good left hook. And I and I won. most. Actually, that was the only time that I ever got dropped. And I would usually go against bigger guys and stuff. But. After that, I started realizing that uh, you can get, like, damage from too much boxing. And so I was, like, kind of reluctant to spar every day. But I would grapple every day. I would wrestle every day. But I, from a young age, nobody even had to teach me. I just knew it was common sense. Like, you don't need to spar every day because I would get headaches and shit. Like, me and my buddies would, would start sparring, and then I would have headaches afterwards. And I was like, man, I'm not doing that tomorrow. My head hurt from yesterday. Smart. And uh, no, yeah. nobody had to. Nobody had to tell me, "Hey, don't spar three days in a row." Yeah. Like I already knew, you yeah. know. And so, but so it took me a little bit longer because I just wasn't getting the same amount of time of sparring as I was wrestling. Is this your first co-main? Before we let you go, Bryce, is this your first co-main? Yes, sir. This first time I'm on the main card. I mean, I've been on the uh, early limbs. My all my fights have been early prelims. So pretty what happy. A about big it. jump up. That that's a big jump up, man. And and against a really really. Uh, well-known and well-respected guy in Andre Feely. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we love watching you and, and, uh, we like Feely too. So this can be a great fight. Um, good luck on Saturday to, you know, it's, uh, Uriah Hall, Anderson Silva, a great main event. So you're on a, you're on a great card. You're going to be, get a lot of visibility here. Hell yeah, brother. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. For the record though, you got those camo shorts or you didn't? You did. Hell yeah, I got them, brother. Nice. Are they comfortable? You like them? Uh, I ain't worn them yet, but I can tell you, I got the coolest shorts in the UFC. I feel bad for these guys that have been in the UFC five, ten years and their shorts ain't even half as cool as mine. I mean, I, I really do. It's almost not fair, but you know, what can I say? I, I was complaining more than anybody else. I put my ass out there on the line and, and it was that important to me. And, and it's true. And, uh, I don't think anybody else really cares so you much do. about the shorts they fight in. They probably think I'm a little diva, but, uh, it was just important to me and it means a lot. And I think when people see me in those camo shorts, a lot more people are going to be complaining, but you know, I'm just happy that I got mine. <laughs> Hey, man, you deserve them. It's one thing if you're out there losing every fight going, I want short. Right. We're going to be like, all right, Bryce, listen, you deserve <laughs> it, man, because you're kicking ass. Yep. I can't wait for this weekend, man. We'll be watching. Hell, yeah. Thank you all so much for having me, brother. And I'm looking forward to coming back and training with you. I want to help Aljo so bad for that title fight, man. I won't be there for that one. I seen Aljo last night. He's on fire. Him and Marab, they were just they were both on just on each side of the room. I see Marab grabbing necks and Aljo strangling people. <laughs> I was just, ah. We could have used yeah. you down there. It was so so exciting. So much Absolutely, fun. Absolutely, man. Awesome, Bryce. Hey, best yeah. of luck, man. Good talking to you, man. All right, thank y'all. Peace, brother. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What about Gaethje post-fight says he would take on McGregor? That's the fight I have wanted. And here's my prediction. That's going to be the interim belt fight. Who, Gaethje and Connor? Gaethje Connor. That'd be so interesting. It's a title fight. It's two guys I've been dying to see fight. That would be styles make fights. Yeah. That's that would be it. That would be that's the fight. That would be just yep. an amazing fight. Um, because Gaethje loves to stand up so much. I I think people put a lot on his wrestling because he used it to keep himself up and this and yeah. that, but that didn't work out too well, would it be? It never does. I still think Ferguson, because everyone said that um, Gaethje is the toughest matchup yet. Uh, I still think Ferguson would have been tough just because of how much he likes to be on his back. Um might have been a tougher matchup. I'm not being a jerk, but Kevin Lee did mount him. Yeah, and Kevin Lee, I thought, actually, against Habib, you know. Um, well, calm down now. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? I don't know. He's got, he, just, he just lost to, who did he lose to, Tavares? Who did, I'm oh, not no, saying. I'm not Tavares, I'm sorry. I know he's lost he's Charles, to Oliver, yeah. Oliver, yeah. But I still right. think, I mean, he's lost three out of four. He's lost five out of seven, which is. Yeah. He was on quite a run for a while. Yeah, maybe not. There you go. Burning embers. I like Kevin Lee. Uh, Well, listen. What about Paulo Costa calling out Whitaker? That would be a fight. Well, actually, Whitaker should probably take that title fight first. Why why would he fight Paulo Costa? I mean, Whitaker just won a huge fight. He looked amazing. How about Um, um, Jared? Do that. Get pissed in first. Jared Cannonier. Why don't they go there? That's a fight. How about that? There you go. Cannoneer, Costa, because Costa lost pretty badly to Adesanya, whereas Cannoneer, I mean, he clearly lost that fight, but he was that was a brutal fight. So let's start our picks. Bobby Green, uh, Tiago Moises, uh, lightweight fight, of course. That is the opening fight of the main card. I like that Bobby Green is staying so active. He's looking great lately. He has looked great. Hmm, coming off a couple wins. Uh, I'm going to take Bobby Green by decision. I think he's going to have his third decision in a row. I like where you're going with that. Yep. You know, this guy, I think uh, third round stoppage, Bobby Green. Okay. Yeah. I said now, it. sorry about another Green, Maurice Green. Oh. Greg Hardy. <sighs> now, they're both coming off a win and a loss. Hardy's coming off two straight decisions. That loss to Volkov. Uh, but I thought he looked pretty good in that. He's fought a lot lately. Um, he hasn't fought since May. I'm going to take Hardy, second-round stoppage. You son of a gun. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think Hardy is too. I'm going to say Hardy, first-round stoppage. because I li- You know why? Because I like to be different. That's why. I like the people to be like, ooh, ah, they're not choosing the same thing. Um, listen, I'll tell you right now who I'm not choosing against. Oh, me I like very, very much. And he's becoming one of my uh, when I when I know he's on a card, I'm looking forward to it. You bet, Kevin Holland. Yep, Mahmoud uh, Muradov. Like Kevin Holland, I like him a lot. Yeah, and I'm going to say 
that he's going to get a, a win by decision. Second round stoppage, Kevin Holland. Ooh. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Taking second round stoppage. All right. I'm just letting you know that uh, uh, Muradov, I said it right? Muradov? Muradov. Muradov, yeah. He's 2 0 in the UFC. Yeah. You know that. Oh, okay. Ooh, Jimmy, I love when you're so confident. All right. All right. So that's what we got with that. Uh, oh, wow. We're moving right along. Yeah. Bryce Mitchell versus Andre Feely. Mm. Tough fight. Um, Tough fight indeed. Bryce Mitchell's got that that undefeated uh, confidence going in there. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I think it's going to be uh, I'm gonna Mitchell by decision. I, I feel he's very tough. Mitchell by decision. I said the same thing. Yeah, I, that's a very tough fight. I feel he's not easy to uh, to put away. So, and he's a smart fighter. I mean, you know, he's he's got 28 I was, fights. So I, was I don't very think he's impressed. Going I was very impressed with uh, Bryce versus uh, Charles Rosa. I was impressed with that fight. Yeah, like, so was I. He just really, he was just on him, and uh, and wrote. Good Lord, Jimmy. Jimmy. My mic's crackling. You want to take again. a ba- bathroom break? Are you all right? No, my think- mic's crackling. Jimmy. No, 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 Jimmy. No, you can't fool me. I think you should check yourself. No, my, my, Are you taking a break? Are you sure? Yeah, I don't care. I wear diapers. I don't care. <laughs> Uriah Hall versus yeah. Anderson Silva. Listen, we all know how everybody knows. Our unfiltered army knows how we feel about Uriah Hall. Yes. When I see Uriah Hall, I don't give him a handshake. I don't give him a little half a hug. You I ignore give him. him a big hug. Oh, big right. yes, you hug him. Yes, good. I, I really, we really care for Uriah Hall. Genuine guy, honest guy. Yep. It's his time. It's his time to shine. And he's going to shine. He's going to get a stoppage in this fight. Third round, he'll find his mark. I said it. Stoppage, TKO, third round. Yeah. Um, do you know it's funny? I was thinking that, but not third. I was thinking in the fourth. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much, because he's in his 30s. I mean, Silva's older, so it'll be interesting to see how much gas Silva has in round four. Again, just because of the age. Oh, my God, 45 years old. Yeah. Jimmy, you know I love you. All yes, right. sir. Uh, I will be talking to you this weekend. Unfiltered Army. Oh, and they're asking to be more. People hit me up, uh, and they want to they have more interaction with us. So they should hit up the – because I try to get back to people through my – Yes, you do. I mean, I do. I get back to a bunch, but it's, it's impossible to do everybody. Hit up the UFC Unfiltered uh, page on, on Instagram. I'm telling the fans. Our, our, fr- our friends, I should say. Friends, not fans. Uh, Unfiltered Army. Hit those guys up with certain questions and stuff. They'll get on that. They'll bring it to us. Listen, I'll talk to you. Anybody wants to get me up on Cameo? I'm doing some birthday wishes and whatnot. Yeah. Matt, Sarah, BJJ. Oh, and I'm, oh, fucking what do I say? Matt, Sarah, BJJ on Instagram. SarahBJJ.com if you want a Kimura Savage shirt. And if you want to get some chip merchandise. Go ahead, Jimmy. ChipChipperson.com for burning embers. There's Halloween stuff. You want a Chipula. Or you can go to Cameo for Chip Chipperson or Jim Norton. I do them myself. Or Edgar Mellencamp. It's up to you. Jimmy, the fights are this weekend, the prelims. Yes. Are 4 p.m. on ESPN Plus. And yep. the main card is 7 p.m. on awesome. ESPN Plus. I believe that's awesome. Eastern time, our time. Well, I know what I'm doing Saturday. Yep. Jimmy, love you. I'll talk to you soon. And I'm I love you, pal. Talk to you soon, everybody. Bye bye. All right, buddy. Be good.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 